Are you a nurse with writing skills who'd like to launch a business? Or would you just like to learn how to express yourself better? Let's talk all about being a savvy nurse scribe right here on episode 281 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I love having you along for this ride. Whether you're new to the show or you've been on this journey with me for months or perhaps even years, thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, technology, and beyond. And did you know that Nurse Keith Coaching is your one-stop shop for all things related to your career? That is correct. I offer individualized holistic career coaching for nurses and healthcare professionals around the world. And if you mention you're a listener of this very podcast, you get 10% off your first coaching package. So email me, keith at nursekeith.com, and we'll schedule a complimentary consult. And today we are welcoming friend of the pod, Janine Kelbeck, this savvy nurse scribe, and we have a lot to talk about. And Janine, I'm so happy to have you here, and we're going to jump right in. And why is writing important for nurses? What's that skill all about? Well, first, thank you for having me on the show. I feel so so honored, honestly, Aww. to be part of this podcast and Thank longtime you. listener, of course. And I think writing for nurses gives us, as nurses, I'm speaking as one, this creative outlet that we don't get at the bedside or really anywhere else. Even if you're in a leadership position, you don't get that creative outlet. And if there is a writer in you, I think it's important to get it out. And really, it shapes you as not only not, not even a nurse, just as a human being, and expresses that creative side. That's very true. Yeah, and we recorded your podcast just a little while ago. Yes, today this morning, and <laughs> we were talking about the same thing and how important it is for you know nurses write you know things like care plans and such, but you can also use your writing to express yourself, whether you want to make money at it or not, right? Absolutely. And I personally, I've always been a writer. Actually, my, my dad has this in his office. He works at, you know, he's still working. He, he has a file of all of the things we used to send him to work with. Like we, so I wrote him a book one time and he pulled Aww. it out recently and took a picture of it and sent it to me. And it said like, our house is a zoo. And we had like all these pets in our house all the time. And apparently I wrote a long story about all the pets in our house. And I think I was only like six or seven years old. So yeah. beyond that, you know, I constantly did that kind of stuff. I journaled a lot as a kid. And then as, um, teenager and, and through high school, I wrote a lot of poetry and I wrote a lot of things for people that were, were close to me and they passed away. I remember writing a lot of stuff for their funerals and, and mm. things like that. So there was no obviously niche or specialization of any type of my writing, but it was just something I liked to do. That's cool. So are you going to write my obituary? I could. Is that true? You, <laughs> really? You're not going right. anywhere. Because yeah. <laughs> on my podcast, you said you have an aunt who didn't die until she was 112. So That's <laughs> true. But uh, <laughs> for now, well, for better or worse, she is actually was not my blood relative. Her husband, my great uncle, was my blood relative, and he died at 81 of stomach cancer. Oh, um, no. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I don't want to live to be 112. Like No. 
80 would be cool. So I'm 55. So that's 25 more years. And that's more than plenty, actually. (laughs) I'm, I don't, I'm not one of those people who like wants to live to a hundred and like, no, thank you. I'll, I'll check out in a couple decades. That's funny. My grandma, she's 87 and she's like, Janine, like, I'm okay. If I die tomorrow, it's okay. I'm like, girl, it's like so sad if you die tomorrow. No, really, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like all her friends have gone, her husband. Yeah. Like, she's like, this is so good to see great grandchildren grow and, you know, grandchildren. But, you know, I've lived a good life. <laughs> okay. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get, I get it. it. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to keep you alive. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I'm, I, I have, don't have a death wish, but, you right. know, um, I'm 55, and if I died tomorrow, I'd feel like I lived a good life. So Absolutely, I'm cool. there's nothing I'm not wrong with that. I'm not saying like I'm not inviting it, but right, if right. it happened, I'd be like, yeah, it's cool. So, Whereas <laughs> I'm in my mid 30s, I say, eh, I'm not ready yet. Don't take me yet. No, 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 no. You've got <laughs> little, you've yet. got little, ki- I got you've got little kids. kids. Don't take me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My son's all grown up. He's your age. So yeah, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, we digress. Yeah, um, I know it's easy. To yeah. Do. So as a writer, I mean. You've been a nurse and you've worked in OB since 2006. So that's yes. been a while. And you started your business, which is called Write RN yes. in 2015. And now you have a podcast and you know, you're know you a social media person out there in the world. So what does writing mean to you in terms of your nursing career? And is it is it your full-time gig? Is it a side hustle? And are you still at the bedside? So... What it means to me nowadays is not just writing for my clients. I still have freelance clients, but truly, I think it's the nurse in me that wants to help people do this. So there's nurses I know that are writers and they don't know where to begin. And I didn't either. I wrote, I went down this Google train forever, joined a bunch of different like freelance writer groups to just kind of navigate the seas a little bit of the internet world. And, you know, back, you know, it's like 20. 13, 2014, that I decided I really wanted to get serious about this. And the fact that you could make money doing it really like boggled my mind. So I was like, well, you know, I think, I think I can do this. So, um, but nowadays it's transitioned a little bit to me, not only writing for myself because I love it, but to help other nurses do it as well. And, um, I, like a lot of people I know have left the bedside and took on freelance writing as a full-time thing or done their own nurse entrepreneur kind of venture and they have their own business. I am not there yet. I still love what I do. And at the bedside, I um, actually am the OB educator in our unit. So what I part-time and what I talked to my manager about before I took the position a year ago was that I wanted to kind of make my own position in a sense where I would still work my weekends at the bedside alongside my nurse coworkers and be able to do what I love to do, bring those babies in the world, help those mothers through the greatest pain of their lives. And then on the other side, I want to help the nurses be the best nurses that they could possibly be. I wanted to help that new nurse who is struggling and scared and doesn't know when she should ask questions and when she shouldn't. And then I had a knack for educating and putting together presentations and helping, again, new nurses and nurses that have been there forever um, really understand concepts in a very layman's type of terms, like so that we didn't have to go to the cellular level and have to talk in our, our big medical jargon all the time. And I also feel like I bring, as an educator, a 
uh, environment where people don't ever have to feel stupid or dumb and they could laugh along the way and we have fun and we, you know, come up with scenarios that are the worst things we've ever had in life and we, we laugh about it and we can get through things, but we're also learning at the same time. So I still am part-time at the bedside because I still love it. But I was that nurse that was starting not to like it because I was working night shift. I was on night shift for 10 years and I was putting my all into the job every single day. I was the charge nurse. I was the assistant nurse manager for a while and I was precepting a lot of people and it got to be a lot. And I had a newborn baby at home and I was picking up extra shifts to pay things off or just to have extra money. And I was getting burnt out myself and to find writing to do from home. Cause I also worked a home care job. Um, I wasn't picking up the hospital. Then I thought, okay, I want to get another PRN job. So I'm not always at the hospital. And I found a specialty job where I could help OB patients um, not go into preterm labor. So we would give them injections and I would hook up home, home IV infusions for them, give them medications if they needed it kind of triage them a little bit. Every visit I had, I got to know these patients very well because I'd see them from week 16 until week 36 weekly. And it was awesome. I really, really loved that home care environment. And it also made me realize I really liked working for myself. I only had to report things that they were, you know, something I needed the boss for. Truly, it was just me. I was charting at home and thought this was like pretty cool. And this is what I wanted to do but it got to be very dangerous. And then they cut our pay and I don't want to talk like it's all money, but they truly were giving us a quarter of what we were making in the Ooh. field. And I said, ah, going to the inner city of Cleveland where two police officers came to me one day when I was going into a patient's home and they're like, who are you with? I'm like, I'm by myself. You know, this is what I do. I'm a nurse. And they're like, okay, you need to be really careful because we're two detectives and we come here always with two people. So whether you're, you have a concealed carry or not, we would recommend you get one. And my patients always said, get your concealed carry. It's not safe out here. I oh actually had one patient die. She got shot overnight. Like it wow. was, it's very, very dangerous out there. And um, if you saw me in person, I'm only like four foot 10, hundred pounds. Like nothing, there's nothing to me. So if someone wants to take me down, they likely could. <laughs> but were you, were you packing something? Did you have I a ended up, Yeah, I ended up wow. because I was doing the job for so long and I saw a lot of sketchy things going on. And there was always like these like gangs, like they were gangs just hanging yeah. out at like the bus stops and the liquor stores or whatever. And my patients, it was sad. They had all these brand new like playgrounds and stuff. It was probably just the the local government just trying to make things better in the area, but they couldn't let their children go outside because oh, it is, so it's too dangerous. You know, naive Janine would go in there and go, why can't your little guy go out to the little playground? She goes, we don't go out there, Janine. Miss Janine. Right. I said, okay. <laughs> so, so needless to say, I love that work, but it got to be dangerous, too dangerous. Um, Cleveland was really, really bad at the time. I don't know if it's any different now. I'm sure it's not with narcotics and whatnot. Mm. But so then I started writing when I was by my grandma's bedside. She was in hospice care for a while and would sleep often. And I just wanted to be near her. So I would start writing on my little laptop. And then again, realized that there was money to make in this. And, and then I kind of switched gears and said, you know what? Over time, I mean, this didn't happen overnight. I built my business, got enough clients to leave that other job and not work overtime and really just enjoy both worlds. And that's, hmm. that's where I am now. 
That's cool. Yeah, it is. And that's a great story. I love all of those details you just shared. And I can relate to the thing about working in dangerous neighborhoods, which I did in Holyoke and Springfield, Massachusetts. And I had all sorts of experiences. I remember doing wound care on a gang member who lived in this kind of tenement housing and he had a knife wound or bullet wound. I can't remember. And, you know, I would walk around downtown Holyoke, this very like heavily Puerto Rican neighborhood. And I was bilingual and I'm not as completely bilingual now as I was, but I was then. And everyone around that area knew me as doctor. You know, they'd say, hey, they'd say, hola, doctor. And right. I'd be like, hola. You know, I'd, and I'd always wear my stethoscope around my neck yes. to identify myself because I didn't wear scrubs. I wore street clothes. So I understand I even delivered methadone in those neighborhoods and with a little lockbox. And anybody could have opened that lockbox with a screwdriver. Well, you know, patients are so sweet. I mean, I just need to put it out there. My patients would say, Oh, oh, Janine, they're never going to hurt you. I'm like, I don't know. These cops are telling me, get the heck out of the town. Like, don't come near yeah, here. No, I Janine, they're that. never going to hurt you. I said, why would they never want to hurt me? Look at me. Because you're an angel to our community. Like, That's what I was oh told, too. Oh, my gosh. Like, I you just want to cry. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, you're helping our people. Yeah, you know? and it's so true. You're cool. Like, I'm, not, I'm not here to hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And they so, do. They leave you alone. It's true. It's very, very true. So, you know, you work as an OB nurse because you love it, obviously, and you work as a writer because you love it. So um, how do you manage your time? Because (laughs) doing all of these things plus raising, I think you have a seven-year-old and a 14-year-old. Yes. So, you know, um, how do you do what you do, Janine? Well, I... I just neglect the kids and hope they know. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Make it through, right? No. See you in five years, kids. <laughs> no, actually, that's probably the number one question um, people ask me, not just in, in the online world, right? But at my job, my at the hospital, they're like, how do you do all these things? Like, how, how do you have time? Does your house look like crap? <laughs> but truly, I have help. You know, speaking of my house, I do have a, a house cleaner who comes in. And I was doing all the things. And then I realized, you know, I can, I can do all the things, but I don't have to. And mm-hmm. she's a, she's a family friend. She, she has her own cleaning business. And I figured, you know what? I can help her make money. She could clean my house and make, make her own money. And then we end up having coffee while she's here. So it's like, a yeah, win. what the heck? So yeah. she helps me with that. Um, my boys are, are, are good. My, my, Oldest helps my youngest sometimes, but truly I am intentional with my time. And I think that's how I try to tell people you can make time for whatever you want. I'm not a Netflix surfer. Do I watch Netflix? My husband's a big TV watcher. He loves to watch movies and TV. He always has. We've known each other since since we were like in third grade and he's always been a TV watcher. I, I'd rather read a book. Um, but we do have our time where we sit down and have family movie night and we watch TV together and we watch Netflix series. We love like Schitt's Creek right now. We're, we're really into that. And so, and then with my, my other kid, my kids, my seven-year-old, he loves his little shows. So we watch his shows. Like we, we make time for those things. I take time to take care of myself every morning. People think I'm crazy, but I get up at like 4:45. I go to the gym. I also make time for myself in the sense of, like socialization with, with mom 
friends or friends that, yeah. you know, the days I get up at 445 and I don't go work out, I have a, a workout class I go to at the Y. And I think it's very important for myself to get out of my, my self, get out away from myself a little bit. And as an introvert, I feel like I feel that I need that. So I, I mingle with some friends. Um, we have a good time. And then as for, um, my time writing in the, my kids, I'm lucky now. I mean, this is just the season of life I'm in. It wasn't always this way, but they're at school all day. So my days that I'm not at the hospital, it's very easy to stick in time to write. But, um, those days, like I said, those days I have like the YMCA class, the mornings I'm writing. So you have to, I could sleep in easily. I could sleep in, but I don't, I choose to get up early and start writing. I choose to go to bed early. Um, because I could, I, you know, I worked night shift for 10 years. I could stay up all night, but I choose to go to bed early because I choose to put my time where it needs to go. And I think a lot of, you know, it doesn't make my life dull. I think I don't have to think about it. Like when I wake up in the morning, well, of course, I think a lot of people, we put on our coffee, right? We, we do our coffee. Well, my mm-hmm. coffee's brewing. I empty the dishwasher. I get my son's lunches packed. Like, it's just what I do. So I think you, as a writer or as somebody who wants to start their own business, I think the biggest thing is you have to make your time intentional and make yourself have routines and habits. Ooh, that's good. Make your time intentional and make yourself have routines and habits. And that's why you brought up this book um, to me earlier called Atomic Atomic Habits Habits by James Clear. An easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Like one of my habits is is, uh, going to bed late and getting up early. You know, that's not necessarily a great habit, but I have trouble sleeping anyway. So it's like, oh, well. That's a good habit. (laughs) Might as well stay up because I can't can't sleep. When I I heard later in life, it's harder to sleep. So my son, my youngest, never slept from from the womb on. And... mm -hmm. Finally, he sleeps with, with some medication and <laughs> melatonin, oh. but he sleeps through the night. And I'm like, you know what? I'm so used to that sleeping. <laughs> right. I get my six, seven hours and I'm up. That's right. If I have to sleep, I'll chloroform myself. Right, right. Whatever I have to do. So, Janine, <laughs> when we come back from a quick break, I want to talk more about having a business and I want to talk about your online life and sure. how you've met people, myself included, and what that means to meet people online and grow your network and just talk a little bit more about being a nurse writer and how you help other people who also want to be nurse writers. So we'll be right back for the second half of the Nurse Keith Show, episode 281. Nurses, be a part of something greater. This episode of The Nurse Keith Show is sponsored by University of Maryland Medical System, who are committed to supporting their community, patients, and employees during this unprecedented time. They are actively seeking dedicated nurses for permanent positions throughout their 16 hospital system in the greater Baltimore area, as well as a float pool to treat COVID-19 patients in field hospitals and pop-up medical facilities. When you join the nursing team at UMMS, you're doing more than simply providing care to the community. You're embarking on a journey of personal and professional development with unparalleled opportunities to advance your skills and enhance your clinical practice. At UMMS, 
They foster a collaborative environment built on a culture of teamwork and mutual respect. Their nurses take pride in caring for their patients and celebrating each other's contributions, and they recognize and reward their dedication to patient-centered care. To join their team of healthcare heroes, please visit ummscareers.org. That's ummscareers.org, the University of Maryland Medical System, an equal opportunity employer. I thank UMMS from the bottom of my heart for their generous support of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, welcome back to The Nurse Keith Show. Yes, this is episode 281, and the show notes are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 281. And we are, of course, here with friend of the pod, Janine Kelbeck. She is is from the Savvy Scribe podcast and writern.net. That is W-R-I-T-E, writern.net. So Janine, before the break, we were talking about, oh God, chloroforming yourself so you could <laughs> sleep. We were talking about- Carry um, guns if you were going here. guns. Yeah, all sorts of really awesome stuff. Because um, I talk about guns on this show all the time. I mean, you know, it's just, it just, keeps coming up Um, yeah hey whatever 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 floats your boat right (laughs) whatever lights your fire so anyway here we are back and you know we were also talking about other things like being a nurse (laughs) and loving ob and writing and going to the balancing time being intentional all those yeah and you know chloroforming the kids so you can get some work done yes. at night, you know, whatever it takes. Whatever works. <laughs> yeah, neglecting your kids so you can actually have a life, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, I neglected my son for, you know, 35 years, but he's okay. He's 36 <laughs> now, so one of those years you were good. Well, yeah, one year. Um, anyway, anyway, so in your life as a writer and a nurse and being, you know, you and I are public figures. If you're going to put out your stuff online, you're a public figure and you have to be aware of that. So as a public figure and someone who, who is out there in the world, um, what is it like to meet other cool people and nurses doing cool things? And how does that influence and help you in terms of your life and your work and especially your work as a nurse entrepreneur? Well, maybe I'm just like naive to the fact that I'm a public figure, but I always think everybody is so much better than I am. So when I meet oh, other what? people, I like fangirl about them. Like even you, Keith, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have Nurse Keith on my show. Because <laughs> I just think everybody is like bigger or better than I am. So I think, you know, you say I'm a public figure. I'm like, wow, thanks. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I always, you, may, you may be diminutive in stature, but you are right. not diminutive in your <laughs> right. online presence. You're you're like eight feet tall online. Who would have known? Who would have known? That's yeah. The tallest I'll be. I even joke with patients when I put their IV in and I bring their bed up. I'm like, well, I better take it for what I can. I feel tall right now. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's really important when I um, meet other influencers and, and network myself a little bit. I just, it is important. It's important to grow yourself. It's important. I I think it's important to be real. And, you know, I'm not better than anybody else. I'm actually probably a worse writer than most nurses that I. No, that's not true. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's how I figure. Like, I am not, I am not the best writer that's come out of nursing school by any means. But 
I have the drive and I have the motivation to grow my business. And with that, I think it's how you end up growing your own business, whatever that might be, whether it's going to be writing or, or something else. Right. You don't have to be the best at what you do, but you have to have the knowledge and the drive and continue to learn and grow yourself to ever say that you could help anybody else with it. Good point. Right. Yeah. So you are a good writer, darling. And thank you. You know, um, tell me a story or an anecdote or just a reflection about that online world. Like when you meet someone you admire or you really make a really good connection with somebody, even if they're not like some big name, they're just a person you met yeah. on Twitter or something, you know, what's that like just to build community through the online world? I think just to hear someone else's story really means a lot to me. When I, hmm. I don't like to just tell my story all the time. I like to hear what other people are going through or, you know, if it's a higher, you know, person in the online world, I like to see where they've come. I like to, you know, stalk them on their website yeah. and just see, you know, their own story. I like hearing stories. I think as human beings, we like to hear stories. And I feel like once you're in a community of those people, everybody's story is able to come out and, and to encourage people to tell their stories and ask those questions to their community or to the online group that they're in because every, someone else has that question. And I, and I know you probably hear it too on the holistic, you know, career coach side, a lot of people struggle with the same things. And unless people reach out and say what they're struggling with, they feel like, you know, they're the only one. And yeah, it's true. totally not, it's totally not that though, but people, people are struggling with a lot of the same things. Yeah. I mean, you, you might have your own unique situation, but in the, in the whole, a lot of people are struggling with the time management, the productivity, the mm. motivation, and truly it, it all comes down to, you have to learn, you have to keep growing yourself and along the way you learn different things. I'm, I'm constantly growing as an entrepreneur all the time, just, mm. you know, reading books and reading blogs and following what other people are doing in a sense, not exactly, but tweaking it towards your own thing. Yeah. It's truly how you grow. It is. It is. And I, I truly want you to come to the NNBA conference sometime because I do, you know, it's always the week. Cause is it always the same week? No, no. It, okay, it then, used to be in October all the time. And recently it's been in September. And the year that it was out here, it was in uh, Florida. That's right. Was the year of the hurricane. That's right. And <laughs> I, and we hadn't canceled yet. And I always go early because I like to just hang out. So yes. I, my wife was like, don't, don't go because the storm was coming, but it hadn't been canceled. So I hopped on the plane and she was very anxious and I get to Dallas to change planes and I get a text that it was canceled. So it's like, man, so I'm spending my day just flying to Dallas. So I fly home <laughs> and then I, then I flew back to Florida after the hurricane when we actually had the conference. And, and wasn't it pushed to like November that it year? It was pushed up a month or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was cool because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm totally going. And because what oh. I was going to do is go down sooner. And then our week in Tampa is always um, that, it's always the same week every year, week 37. But it happened to be that year was the week 
like after the conference or during the conference, I was like, oh, this will be great. And then we still went on our vacation that year because mm -hmm. it, it happened to be right after the hurricane hit. When we got to our condo, same place we go every single year, the, um, it was, it was sad because, well, actually it was the best year we ever had weather-wise because the hurricane already went through. So it was, was like beautiful, <laughs> but it was so sad because we went to like Walmart or wherever we were going grocery shopping and there was like nothing. Like finally yeah. they started bringing in like bottled water <laughs> and all nothing. this. And these people, these residents are like, oh yeah, this is awful. Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. Like I felt horrible that we were on vacation. Right. Like, you know, it's like, do I really have to desalinate <laughs> ocean water yes, to be able to yes. drink anything? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I hope you can come sometime and yes. it's a great community and I hope you can come speak sometime about writing because you, you know a lot and you know, meeting people online is great. I mean, you and I met online. We haven't met yeah. in, in person yet. And I met Kevin Ross and Anna Morrison on Twitter and we started RNFM radio and we launched a company before we even met in person. And oh, that connection Twitter. is even when I, Carol and Janet, when we were part of the healthcare marketing network together, I did not meet them in person until probably two years later. Yeah. And, but Carol and I and Janet, we would Zoom like every other day. That's and so right. you feel like, like technology these days is so awesome where you get to feel like you're, you actually did meet the person. <laughs> yeah. And some people do say like, oh, I don't do social media. It's so superficial. And I always say, well, it's superficial if you use it in a superficial way. Oh but yeah. I can't say that. My, I don't do it. Yeah, some of my very best friends I met online, like yep. Dr. Renee Thompson um, yes. from the Healthy Workforce Institute. She's one of my closest friends we met online. Or Caroline Cardenas, the um, the hula hoop girl. Yes, um, yes. She she and I met online. She just reached out to me because she thought she'd like to meet me. So I have tons of friends I've actually never met in person, and some of whom I have met in person. But you can really grow your network, even if you're not an entrepreneur. Hanging out on social media as a nurse, you can learn so much because you can tune into all these different conversations. Like if you want to hear what people are saying about COVID-19, about the coronavirus, yes. you can go online, use one of the hashtags that's that's come up, bubbled up to the surface and get it get involved in those conversations. So you can learn a lot. You can get inspired. You can get ideas. And maybe even realize, oh my gosh, I can join a group and learn how to be a savvy scribe, right? Because you have a Facebook group called Savvy Scribe Collective. Yes. And here's a shameless plug for you <laughs> that people can go there and join. And what do you talk about? Like, what are the conversations that happen in that group, the Savvy Scribe Collective on Facebook? Well, I... um recently just did it was last thursday because i always do my podcasting stuff on thursdays and that's another little side note that's a good okay. time management tip too is to start batching your things so podcasting is what i always do on thursdays but huh. it's a, it's a good thing so um i actually recorded my podcast as i was live in the facebook group so it helped everybody kind of hear the behind the scenes see how real it is. Right. And cool. then it was fun. We had a lot of fun. People were asking questions as we were going on. And so I was answering them. The other thing we do in the group, I do a lot of just like general questions. One of the questions recently was what was the best part of being a nurse and what's the worst part of being a nurse? Mm -hmm. 
and the Atomic Habits book again. I asked, what's a habit you want to start doing and what's a habit you want to stop doing? So everybody kind of helps each other. People ask a lot of questions about like how to find clients. Um, I usually throw in every time there's an episode that goes live, I'll throw a link in there. People share resources, something that they've read or something um, writing related, they'll throw it in there. And then just a lot of people are, you know, I ask like, what's your specialty? People will say what kind of nurse they are. And then when you're part of the group, when you get introduced into the group, you you get to say like where you're from and, and stuff like that. And I think it just helps people. Like, personally, I like when people say they're from Ohio. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm from Ohio too. Like, like we're in like the same street, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it is cool to start. That's cool. Hey, right? you're my next right? door neighbor. I didn't know that. <laughs> one of the, um, Funny things. One of my friends, uh, Melissa Mills, she's a, a writer who I coached, and she she's full time now. She lives in Cincinnati, and we constantly say like, we need to meet up. We're only like four hours apart. We need to meet up. We need to meet up. And the same thing with Maureen Bonatch. She's a freelance writer too that I coached, and she's in PA. And I'm like, we should totally like us three meet up, and we just haven't yet, but we we always say we should. <laughs> oh well, why don't you have a girls meet up at the NNBA? NNBA, in Vegas? I know. There you I know, go. Right. And you can take the strip by storm. What an awesome place to have it, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's pretty wild. So, I believe um, it. Yeah. So we've talked about time management and you like to batch things. I'm very bad at that. You should see my calendar. I just do. <laughs> I do everything every day. And it's just the way my brain works. I don't well, quite know. I've tried to batch my time. It just doesn't work for me. So <laughs> Hey, you got to do what works. It's totally, that I, is true, I mean, though. it does work, but... It could probably work better, but tell me about starting a business as a writer and um, all those massive startup costs. Starting a starting a business as a writer, <laughs> yeah, there, there's not massive startup costs, thankfully. I think mm. that's one of the reasons I went into it. I see, okay, so I'm a woman in my 30s. What do I see a lot of women in their 30s do or 20s? Is that like network marketing stuff? So it's everywhere. I mean, those pyramid schemes of everything and you have to buy in to get an, and personally, I'm not a salesperson, so I could never be successful at that even if I wanted to. Right. But part of that was I never wanted to give the startup cost of anything. So luckily as a writer, you really don't have to do anything. You could, (laughs) you could have a website, you could, but truly like I like to use contently.net for my samples. Hmm. It's free. I like LinkedIn truly to establish myself. I feel like if there was a good starting place, let me just start, let me, let me back up a little. If I'm a brand new writer or think I want to be a writer, a couple things I would do. Get a Facebook account to join the Sammy Scribe Collective, right? Shameless plug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also in there, get in, in some other um, freelance writing groups just to see what other people are doing. LinkedIn profile for sure. And start to connect with other writers nurses and start following some organizations that that you're passionate about that you like professional organizations another thing i would do personally i have a twitter account janine kalbach is my name on there but i'm not as savvy on twitter as i think i should be i never Mm -hmm. have been i know a lot of people love twitter again it's not my my favorite place to be but it is a place you should be so get a twitter account what I do like about Twitter a lot are those tweet chats oh, and yes. those are really fun. I really like, I really like those. So look into tweet chats, see if there's something you might like to do there and, and really just start 
poking around a little bit. Look on, you know, you can do the Google thing and see what people are doing out there as writers. But truly, there isn't massive startup costs. If you no. want a website, you could do a website. If you don't, you don't have to. But what I would start investing in is is your um, learning. So whatever that might be, whether you need to, to build your craft of writing a little bit better, whether you just want to learn to to do an online business or a business and how to, how to run that. Because I feel like in nursing school, obviously we don't learn the business side. We don't know how to do our taxes. We don't know, you know, what, what to even do, what at all, like bookkeeping and whatnot. Yeah. So those are some of the, the first steps that I would do if I was an aspiring writer today. Thank you. Well, that is, that is just lovely. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, and sure. Yeah. I mean, it is important, you know, a lot of, nurses I talk to, even people who want to be entrepreneurs, they say, oh, I don't do social media. Oh, yes. And my response is always like, well, do you really want to have a business? <laughs> exactly. And, but even for non-business people, I just think being on social media is important, at least choosing one platform that you're going to master. And for a nurse out there who's just growing, not just, I hate that word, who's growing their career and doesn't want to, you know, create a business, LinkedIn is the place I would hang my hat. Or yes. Put a and there's the a ground. hashtag for that. Nurses on LinkedIn. That's right. There That's is a, a hashtag one. for that. So, and I think a lot of, I don't think a lot of nurses are over there though. I feel like most nurses just observing. I feel like a lot are on Facebook. That's and true. Twitter. That's true. And Except Instagram. if you're a really young nurse, then you're on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram too. But Instagram <laughs> has been infiltrated by old people like myself. And <laughs> oh, the old people. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, Instagram's my happy place. Like I really enjoy I'm very visual. I'm an artist. Yeah. I do do visual art and I love the visual aspects of Instagram. So I have a personal account and a business account and it's really my happy place. And yeah. I really hang out there because I enjoy it. And I just find it's really fun. So that's the place where I spend a fair amount of time. And um, But I do recommend LinkedIn as a place for nurses to create an online presence for themselves. Because even if you're in the job market and you're not an entrepreneur, remember that organizations who might want to hire you Google you. So you might as well yes. create something good for them to find. And that goes back to what you and I think, I think we're talking about on your podcast, which is using LinkedIn as a place to write so that even if you're not a business person or nurse writer, when a potential employer checks you out, they'll see like, oh, wow, look at all these articles about whatever. And yes. look how smart this person is or look at these novel ideas this person has. Yes, so, I think, yeah, the, the article, the LinkedIn publisher is true, is a great place to start putting your thoughts, you know, yeah. whatever that is, if you, if you want to build yourself as a nurse. Right, sure. right. So, you know, from your perspective, you write for money, like people actually pay you to write. And I do the same. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Crazy Truly. as it sounds. So <laughs> it do, is. You, do you go after writing gigs? Like, do you apply for them or do people find you? Or is it a mixture of the two kind of like for me? There definitely nowadays is a mixture of the two. Mm -hmm. But there, you know, if there's something I want to write for, like if there's something OB related, I'm all, I jump on it because I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of um, nursing type of topics I like to write about for, you know, anything on like allnurses.com. I always liked writing for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're great. Nursing.org, things like that. But 
yeah, other than that, though, people are coming to me now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And definitely when you have a writing business, having a retainer client is is also a good thing to have because then you know you're always getting money. And I feel like that's always a, a struggle for a lot of nurses. They don't know, you know, they don't want to leave their bedside job because they don't know where the next paycheck is going to come from. And that truly, that's a downside to, to freelance writing is it is inconsistent at times. Yeah, jobs come and go. Yeah. Mine come and go all the time. Like I've had gigs that I was so solid in and thought they were yes. awesome. And then all of a sudden they were like, Poof. oh, we just got bought by a company. Sorry, bye. Yep. Or we've run out of money. We can't pay you anymore. Yep. Bye. Um, or they just decide to hire someone else. So And to go into that other side of like the um, networking, that's when it's like cool where you're like, hey, Janine, I just lost this client. Do you know anybody who might be looking for somebody write, who likes to write about blah, blah, blah? I might, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a huge thing. I've gotten uh, client gigs from past coaching clients that I've had. You know, they saw an OB one and like, Janine, thought of you. Here, apply to this. Yeah. And it, and I, it also has helped me explore other th- types of writing I like. Like right now I'm writing a course and I, you know, I got into online education writing couple years back. And I didn't think that's ever what I was going to do either. So I think there's so many different areas, just like nursing. There's so many different areas of writing too, that you can produce content that you never knew somebody's writing it. Anything you're reading, someone wrote it. (laughs) So that's true. I always think, you know, don't limit yourself just to articles or just to magazines or just to online education. There's a lot of different things, which uses your brain a little bit differently too. That's true. And, you know, I know you help healthcare companies with their content, their social media. You help nurses become health writers and escape burnout if they want to. You host the Savvy Scribe podcast and you have your blog and your website and people can go to writern.net and learn more about you. And as we wind down, I just wanted to ask, what are a couple things a nurse out there listening right now can do? You know, a handful of things to make a move towards becoming a writer? What should they do? What's just a couple hints from Janine? Definitely start listening to my podcast. Not that I want to like throw myself in there, but my podcast, the Savvy Scribe Podcast, you can, there's a website for that too, Mm -hmm. thesavvyscribepodcast.com. I do have a course that people can take. It's called Plan, Create, Launch, Land, and Grow Your Health Writing Business. It costs Mm. less than you make a shift at work. So that's nice. (laughs) I try to keep, you know, I'm not out for all the money, but it's definitely taken me a lot of time to build. And I feel like I, I, this is something that I would definitely put money into if I was a brand new writer, because it stops you from all the Googling and kind of gives you the answers. Right. So that's what I love about that. Um, other people that are out there that are very helpful is Elizabeth Haynes. She's a writer. She's been in the freelance world. She's also a nurse for 20 plus years. She's very inspirational. Laura Briggs, she's not a nurse writer, but she's a very good friend of mine who's a freelance writer. She also wrote a, a book, if you're more of a book person for starting your freelance writing business. I think it's actually called that, Start Your Freelance Writing Business. Um, she's very good. Those are just a, a few things. Other than that, connect, 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 get in a Facebook group. You can come join us at the Savvy Scribe podcast group, the collective over on Facebook. Everything is available right on our website. I say our all the time. Really, it's my website, the savvyscribepodcast.com. That's great. Yeah. And I would also say, I would add to that, just write. Just write. 
just yes. write. And, you know, Ernest Hemingway, I said, you just got to sit down and write, you know, and that's, it's practice definitely helps. And I write thousands and thousands of words a week, mostly because I'm writing for other people, right? but for my own stuff too. So I'm always writing. Well, and I think too, if you're, if you're apprehensive or feel like, especially when you land your first client, I know these new writers, you're, you have a little bit of time till that happens. But if you're really feeling like, I don't know if I can, if I can submit this, I don't know if it's good enough. I feel like I'm not a writer yet because I haven't gotten paid for anything. Hire an editor. An editor can help yeah. you. And, you know, you don't have to get the best one out there. Maybe just a friend out of the, the Savvy Scribe Collective group. Maybe somebody just needs to put a second pair of eyes on it. And yeah. I think, you know, you could read something of mine, Keith. I could read something of yours. And we could definitely have some changes or some different things to add. And I, I think it's always always a, a smart thing to do. And never, never feel shamed by it. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's so much help out there and there is work. If you want oh to be gosh, a writer, yes. there's work, there's stuff out there you can do. And so, as a nurse, you're leveraged, you're leveraged by your degree and people trust you. People trust you. And if they're looking for someone to write health content, there's no one they would rather look at, maybe a doctor, but no one else than a nurse. They're not going to just choose somebody who's a writer over someone who's a health writer, who's also a nurse. That's right. So if you're a nurse wanting to write, please, please go to writern.net. Go to the SavvyScribePodcast.com. Join the Savvy Scribe Collective on Facebook. Connect with Janine at Instagram at Savvy Scribes and Twitter at Janine Kelbach. And connect with her on LinkedIn as Writer Janine. And that's J-A-N-I-N-E. That'll all be in the show notes along with links to Contently, um, Atomic Habits, the book, um, Elizabeth Haynes, Laura Briggs, all that stuff. So you'll find it all in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 281. So Janine Kelbeck, you are so awesome. Thank you so much for being here. No, We're no, you are both... awesome, Keith. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh, all right. Well, we have um, we have a uh, mutual admiration society yes. here and that's wonderful. So thank you, darling. You are the best. Thank and, you. Um, I appreciate having you here so much. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. Remember the show notes to learn all about Janine are at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 281. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered and maybe you're going to pick up that pen or laptop and do some writing and make sure you reach out to me if you're looking for career coaching. Mention the show and get 10% off your first coaching package. And remember over at nursekeith.com under resources, you can find jobs from Reload, ZipRecruiter, Trusted Health and Incredible Health. You can find resume templates. You can find a free search engine, OpenMD, which leads you to evidence-based medical information, all sorts of stuff. So please head over to nursekeith.com. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. Thank you, Rob. And Mark Cappiespeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster. Hats off to you, Mark. So be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios until next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the amazing Janine Kelbeck bidding you adieu from Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. All right. Take care, Janine, and we will catch everybody next time.